How you get so much favor on your side? Accept the measure, Lord and Savior, I replied. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the channel. This is just another critic. And bowl games are right about to kick off this Friday, December 20th. I uh, wanted to go over my bowl picks as well as quickly touch on some of the National Signing Day, early National Signing Day um, news topics, stuff like that. Um, for those who don't know, the early, the early signing day period is basically December 18th uh, through December 20th. And then the actual National Signing Day, which is typically held on February 5th, that'll be February 5th in the new year, 2020. Um, so this isn't going to be the final day for them to sign or the final period. They're going to have from Fe February 5th, 2020. And then the final date, the final signing date, I believe, would be April 1st, 2020. So there's still a lot of players who haven't signed just yet. A uh, few notable names who are supposed to uh, make their announcements at the Under Armour game. Darnell Washington, five-star athlete, as well as Zach Evans, five-star running back. And then we've got four-star cornerback, Dante Manning. That's also going to be at the Under Armour game. All three of those players, highly recruited um, high school players, January 2nd is when that game will be played. So that's when the their announcement is expected. And then they would be ending up signing on February 5th, I believe. That's how it would go. And then the two other big-time recruits, uh, five-star cornerback, Kelly Ringo, January 4th at the All-American Bowl, as well as Xavier Henderson. So that'll also be January 4th at the All-American Bowl. Uh, but who knows? Things can change. We still have a few more days during the early signing period. If they change their minds, they might end up signing. Um, as far as what the recruiting rankings look like, this is according to 24-7 Sports. While I'm looking at it right now, of course, it's, it could fluctuate within the next few hours or the next 24 to 48 hours, depending on if we see any change in commitments or if we see a few players who weren't expected to commit during this period they end up committing so at this point in time uh, we have Clemson number one Alabama number two Ohio State three LSU four Georgia five Texas A&M six Auburn seven Florida eight Texas at nine and Oklahoma at 10, Michigan and Penn State right outside of there at 11 and 12. Uh, um, and the rest, you know, if you want to go ahead and check out. But those are basically the top teams sitting in the recruiting rankings. Now, as far as where the top players of the 2020 class and where they went, uh, according to 24-7 Sports, the number one player was Brian Breezy, defensive tackle. He committed to Clemson. Number two, Julian Fleming, wide receiver. He committed to Ohio State. Miles Murphy, strong side defensive end, ended up going to Clemson as well. And then inside linebacker at number four, Justin Flo committed to Oregon just today. At number five, Jordan Birch, strong side defensive end, committed to South Carolina. At number six, Bryce Young, dual threat quarterback, has committed to Alabama. At number seven, Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle. He is committed to Ohio State. At number eight, we have Kelly Ringo, cornerback, who has yet to make a commitment. Obviously, he still has the next 24 to 48 hours to make the early signing day decision, but he is expected to make that decision at the All-American Bowl January 4th. At number nine, we have Eric Gilbert, tight end, who is committed to LSU at number. And finally, at number 10, we have Darnell Washington, who is an athlete who has yet to make a commitment. 
He's expected to make that commitment January 2nd at the Under Armour game. Now, I wanted to go on a quick tangent here. Um, as far as commitments and you know recruiting and the whole recruiting trail goals, I do follow it very closely, but it's not something that I put a lot of coverage out on. And the simple reason, if you guys have been following my podcast, you know I've talked about this in the past. Uh, I posed the question, right? Does National Signing Day or you know Signing Day really matter? Does it really matter anymore? And the reason I posed that question is because uh, when, when they added the transfer portal and with the insertion of the transfer portal, things have changed. Um, and now commitments who have committed to their schools, we've seen it multiple times already, even in the past year, Joe Burrow at LSU, Justin Fields at Ohio State, we have Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. Now, how much does a commitment really matter, right? Because you, you don't have any type of contract with these players. All you have is their word. Yes, you have their letter of intent. But once that's signed, I mean, they still have the option to enter the transfer portal if they feel like they aren't getting a fair shot or whatever their reasons are for leaving that that certain particular program, right? And so... Because of the way the transfer portal has changed the college football environment, that's why I don't necessarily uh, put out a lot of coverage on the recruiting trail. On the recruiting trail, simply because of the fact that these commits aren't necessarily committed, right? Um, and and I perfectly I respect that They're, they need to and they will end up doing what's best for them and in their best interest and what they feel uh, will get them the furthest and the closest to their goal which is typically going to be going to the NFL and playing in, you know, as a professional, making their money and whatnot. So in, since the insertion of the transfer portal, it's not really something that I feel that needs to be covered uh, because of how quickly things can change and their ability to go from one school to the next in, in a, a year, right? They, even in one off season, you could see them starting at a different school, um, depending on whether or not they're able to get a waiver. But most times, if they're a high-profile player, they're going to get a waiver uh, because the NCAA is just inconsistent in that way. And we just know they're corrupt and they're going to do what they want in the best interest of the NCAA. And it's typically you want the best players to be on the field so you can put out a better product for the fans, etc., etc. With that being said, if you wanted to listen to more of my reasoning and details as far as why I don't think National Signing Day really matters anymore, I did a podcast on that about a year ago. But with that, we're going to be moving on, jumping into my bull picks now, full disclosure, I have not reviewed the bowl games, so I'm doing this straight off the top of the head simply because I don't really feel like these types of bowl games really need an in-depth type look or really some type of breakdown um, for many different reasons. Obviously, injuries, people going to the draft, people who don't know whether or not they're going to play in these games, and they make those types of decisions on the week of or the day before. So there's just a lot of factors to put into play here um, in most of these particular games. So as far as the games that I will be getting more in depth on, that's obviously going to be the college football playoff bowls, as well as some of the New York Six bowls. But we'll get into that when we get there. Uh, but right now, let's touch on the Buffalo versus Charlotte game first. Makers wanted Bahamas Bowl. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to have to go with Buffalo. This is a pretty simple one for me. They play defense and run the ball very well. Charlotte, on the other hand, uh, more of a passing attack. They've kind of been inconsistent throughout the season, and you never really know what you're going to get from them on a week-to-week -week basis. I'm going to go with Buffalo. Makers wanted Bahamas Bowl. Second bowl on Friday, we've got the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. 
I didn't even know that was a bowl. That's kind of hilarious. Uh, we got Utah State taking on Kent State. Now, what I do know about this game, Utah State, high-flying air raid. I like Jordan Love a lot. Thing is, I'm not sure if he's going to play, right? Him and three other players got popped for weed. I uh, don't know what the situation is right now. So it's going to be tough to really make a decision on this one. But at the, at the same time, I'm just going to have to roll with Utah State regardless of whether or not Jordan Love plays. I just think they have a better system in place right now. Kent State, on the other hand, uh, they just they just haven't really... They're another team, right? They're 6-6. Six and six. They, they just barely skated by, barely made a bowl game, and their schedule wasn't necessarily one of the better schedules you'll see in college football. Utah State, on the other hand, has played some better teams in the Mountain West Conference, which has been pretty strong this year. We saw them early on in the season where they took out a few Power 5 opponents. Um, but yeah, Utah State, I do think they'll win this regardless of whether or not Jordan Love's Jordan Love plays. I do hope he plays because it'll definitely be a lot more entertaining. But with that said, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, I've got Utah State. Saturday, December 21st, this Saturday, we got Central Michigan taking on San Diego State. Now, I'm going to have to go with San Diego State. They are another team. They love to run the ball, and they love to play defense. Now, they have been mixing in more of a pass game this season and trying to mix it up, um, try to be more versatile. Central Michigan, on the hand, on the other hand, excuse me, they do have a pretty decent pass game with a you know, semi-decent running back, Jonathan Ward, 15 touchdowns on the season, 1,000 yards. But San Diego State, they make you one-dimensional. Their defense has been phenomenal this season. I think they're going to shut down Central Michigan. Probably a very low-scoring game. San Diego State wins probably by a touchdown. Uh, should be a good one. That is the New Mexico Bowl. Central Michigan, San Diego State, New Mexico Bowl. Got San Diego State picked. Second bowl on Saturday, we got Liberty versus Georgia Southern. FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Liberty versus Georgia Southern. I like Georgia Southern triple option. They got some athletes on that team. Defense is typically high flying. Liberty, on the other hand, have they've also been pretty good this season, uh, challenging some very good teams in Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, as well as Rutgers. But I'm going to have to go with Georgia Southern. It's tough to prepare for that triple option. I think Georgia Southern has the better athletes. Um, and I think they're going to end up pulling this out in a very close one because Liberty's defense, it, at the same time, while they haven't showed up all season, when they do show up, they can play at a high level. But I doubt they're going to have success in slowing down Georgia Southern's triple option attack. I think Georgia Southern wins by uh, maybe five or six. Close game. Good game to watch. Once again, that's the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Next, we got SMU taking on Florida Atlantic in the Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl. Whoa. Now, SMU, Florida Atlantic, both high-flying offenses. This is probably going to be a high-scoring uh, high game. Florida Atlantic, uh, I'm not sure if Lane Kiffin is going to be coaching this bowl game. Uh, I haven't checked that. Like I said, I'm going right off the dome. And SMU... Dang. Now, this is a tough game to pick, but I have to go with Florida Atlantic. They will be not necessarily playing in their home stadium, but they're going to be playing in their home state at Florida. I think that gives them a minor advantage for fans to reach the game. But at the same time, SMU, they're a phenomenal offense, both air raid attacks. Uh, they've both got phenomenal players at the skill positions. 
I do lean towards SMU in that department. I do like Xavier Xavier Jones at the running back position for SMU, as well as James Prochet out at wide receiver position for SMU. Um, But Florida Atlantic, they've been very good late in the season down the stretch. So I'm going to give them the edge in this one. They'll probably probably be a close one, honestly. Uh, Final score is probably going to be like 55 to 57 Florida Atlantic, something like that. But yeah, I'll go ahead and give it to FAU. Moving along, we got FIU, Florida International, taking on Arkansas State in the Camellia Bowl. Whoa, that game is in Montgomery, Alabama. Arkansas State is favored by two and a half. FIU, offensively, they don't really have it consistently. Defensively, they are pretty stout. Um, They typically find themselves in low-scoring games. Arkansas State... They do have one of the best wide receivers in the country in Omar Bayless. 84 receptions, 1,400 yards, and 16 touchdowns. I do think that gives them the edge in this game. I'm going to go with Arkansas State in a close one. Low scoring, probably about 24 to 17, something like that. Arkansas State wins it. Moving along, we got Boise State taking on Washington. Chris Peterson, one of my favorite coaches of all time, the former Boise State coach who's now at Washington, will be coaching against his former team. Uh, It's crazy because in this game, this is the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. And Boise State is sitting at 12-1, 19th in the country, and they find themselves in the Las Vegas Bowl. That's rough. That's all I got to say about that. That's just rough. Uh, But with that said, I do think I'm going to give... Chris Peterson and Washington the edge. They're going to want to send him off with a dub, right? U-dub, but they're not the the real U-dub. Anyway, Chris Peterson, like I said, love his coaching. Uh, Jacob Eason, Boise State. While I like Boise State, I do think there's some vulnerabilities in that defense. Um, I understand that they blew out Hawaii multiple times this season. But if you watch that Hawaii air raid attack, they were finding success. They were getting into the red zone versus Boise State. Just weren't able to finish their drives and finish in the red zone. Ended up with zero points on multiple drives, etc., etc. I think Washington wins this one by one to two touchdowns. Now, keeping it moving, we've got Appalachia State versus UAB. In the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, this is going to be an easy one for me. UAB very, very inconsistent on offense. Their defense has been good throughout the season. Appalachia State has been phenomenal on both sides of the ball. I think Appalachia State wins this game. Final score will probably be something like 51 to 17. I'm not even kidding. Appalachia State's going to blow them out. Moving along, we've got UCF taking on Marshall. This is the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. All right. Uh, UCF favored by 17 points in this game. Marshall, another team. Defense has kind of been what's kept them in games. Offensively, it's it's been a struggle. It's been up and down. It's been a roller coaster. UCF, air raid attack. Gabriel Davis on the outside at wide receiver. Uh, quarterback Dylan Gabriel, true freshman, who's been you know he's he's been great for the most part of the season but we have seen his growing pains we've seen his uh inability to make certain throws and make certain reads and plays simply because his lack of experience overall i think this will be a good game but i do think ucf ends up pulling it out by maybe one to two touchdowns maybe a 10 point uh win moving along we've got the sofi hawaii bowl 
It's going to be Hawaii taking on BYU in their home stadium, Aloha Stadium. Uh, But this is a pretty simple one for me. I'm going to have to go with BYU. They just play defense, and Hawaii doesn't really play defense. That's kind of how my logic is working out in this particular game. And Hawaii is just a team that shoots themselves in the foot, uh, makes some ill-advised throws, plays, runs, fumbles. They just kind of turn the ball over and, and put themselves in terrible positions in the game and so for those types of reasons I think BYU is going to win this probably about a touchdown or two but I I do think it could be a fun game because of Hawaii's air raid attack it could end up being a shootout if BYU's defense doesn't show up moving along again we have the walk-ons independence bowl we got Louisiana Tech taking on Miami Louisiana Tech nine and three Miami six and six this game is being played in Louisiana Um, Louisiana Tech pretty good team We've watched them versus uh, Texas early on in the year. Miami, pretty much up and down season. You don't know what you're going to get from them on a week-to-week basis. They've got the recruits. They've got the guys. So I'm going to have to go with Miami. I just think they have the better players. While Louisiana Tech could surprise us and win this game, I would not be surprised by that outcome. I'm going to have to give the edge to Miami. I think they're actually playing for something, right? This is the last game of the season, but it's the beginning of the next season. This is going to set the tone for them going into the next year. And I think that's the mindset. Not only uh, the players are going into this game with that, but that's what the that's what the coaching staff is trying to get into their head. This is setting the tone for the, for the next year. And so let's finish strong. Um, let's win this game, etc. Move on and get better from it. That type of mindset. Anyway, let's move along to the quick lane bowl. We've got Pittsburgh taking on Eastern Michigan. Pittsburgh 7 and 5, Eastern Michigan 6 and 6. EMU is definitely more of a air raid type attack. Their run game is kind of lackluster, very average. Uh, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, they've played pretty decent throughout the year. Their defense has kind of kept them in most of their games. I think Pittsburgh wins this one pretty easily. Uh, This game is being played in Detroit, Michigan, so we'll see. Maybe Eastern Michigan could pull off an upset. Uh, I doubt it, but I'm going to have to go with Pittsburgh in this one. Quick lane bowl. Friday, December 27th, we got USC taking on Iowa in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good game. USC taking on Iowa. Iowa, very gritty team. USC, on the other hand, they decided to keep Clay Helton. And Caden Slovis has been having a phenomenal season. 28 touchdowns, 3,200 yards, and he is the second-string quarterback. And they've also got a phenomenal set of wide receivers who are probably all going to go to the NFL. Michael Pittman, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the other dude that I can't remember his name right now. Iowa, on the other hand, very gritty defense. Um, but they're kind of built for these type of pass attacks, right? They've sent some some really good corners and DBs to the NFL. At the same time, I don't know if A.J. Epineza is going to be playing this game. Iowa's best player potentially on that defensive side of the ball. He's probably going to go to the NFL. So we'll see. I am leaning towards Iowa simply because their defense has been really, really good this season. USC, on the other hand, they're very explosive. Um, but we'll see. It should be a good game. I will lean towards Iowa in this one uh, simply because, like I talked about, their defense has been playing very well. USC, on the other hand, has been very beat up and injured on the defensive side of the ball. And that could be a big issue in this game for the Trojans, opening up some holes as well as some passing lanes for the quarterback of the Hawkeyes, who is Nate Stanley. Um, But with that being said, we've got the next matchup, which is the Military Bowl. North Carolina taking on Temple. 
Temple, a team that really just plays off of their defense. Everything starts with their defense. North Carolina, on the other hand, Sam Howell, a true freshman, had an outstanding season, 3,347 yards, 35 touchdowns. Um, great season, great year. Uh, for that reason, I'm just going to have to lean towards UNC. I just think they bring more offense to the table. Temple, on the other hand, their quarterback is just subpar, average, whatever you want to call it. He's just not consistent throughout the season. Um, but yeah, going with North Carolina on that one to take out Temple. Moving along, we got the Pinstripe Bowl. Michigan State taking on Wake Forest. Who thought Michigan State would end up in the Pinstripe Bowl to begin the season? Yes, I'm sure some Wolverine fans expected this, but the rest of the country expected more from this Michigan State team. Obviously, I'm sure that includes the Michigan State fans. Um, but yeah, a lot of hype went into that defense during this offseason. Really did not perform up to their standard or really to the expectations of the rest of the country if i had to say right they'll be taking on eight and four wake force now wake force offensively has played pretty well throughout the season right we've seen that very high scoring games defensively it hasn't really been there uh, one of their best wide receivers Sage Surratt I believe he'll be sitting out this game but the quarterback for Wake Forest has been playing well really tough decision in this game I do think Michigan State will win it Big Ten versus ACC I'm gonna have to go with the Big Ten now we have Oklahoma State versus Texas A&M in the outdoors Texas Bowl tough very tough. Oklahoma State missing two of their best players, um, Spencer Sanders as well as Tylen Wallace. But again, I will reiterate, the quarterback for Oklahoma State right now, Drew Brown, transferred from Hawaii. I do like what he brings to the table, but I think this Texas A&M defense might be too much. As well as Kellen Mond playing in potentially his last game at A&M. Um, we'll see, right? I think if, if that is the case, he's going to want to you know, play, leave it all on the field right he's gonna want to leave it all on the field uh go out with a dub but we'll see i think this should be a good game potentially a high scoring game uh but we'll see how that plays out i am gonna go with a&m on this one we've got the cheese it's bowl air force taking on washington state we got washington state with that big 12 air raid attack and then we've got air force with the triple option attack i think this is going to be a high scoring game last team with the ball wins um, but I think Air Force, I'm going to give Air Force the edge. I just think their defense will probably show up in a bigger way for their team in this game. Air Force wins it by a field goal, maybe four or five points. I think it'll be a good one, though. Definitely one to watch. If you're betting on this game, take the over. Um, now, moving along, we've got the Camping World Bowl where Notre Dame will be playing in uh, versus Iowa State. This game is going to be very interesting. They do have Notre Dame favorite in this one. Brock Purdy, who's had an outstanding season, 3,700 passing yards, 27 touchdowns. Um, but Notre Dame, on the other hand, they're just a team. Whenever you expect them to not show up, they end up showing up and winning. It's really tough to predict Notre Dame, you know, what Notre Dame you're going to get. Um, but I think, ooh, this is a tough one. But I'm going to lean towards Iowa State. I'm going to lean towards Iowa State. They, they just know how to pull off upsets, and that's just what they do, right? So for that reason, I think Iowa State edges this one out in a close game, low scoring. Definitely going to be a fun one regardless of the outcome. Uh, moving along, we've got the college football playoff games, which I will go over in depth uh, on their own. Monday, December 30th, we've got the First, Respo First Responders Bowl. Western Kentucky taking on Western Michigan. 
very tough on the call. I really haven't watched either of these teams play a lot throughout this season. But from what I have seen from Western Kentucky, they do play a lot more defense. Western Michigan, on the other hand, since P.J. Flex left, they've kind of gone down the drain and had a tough time. Um, And Western Kentucky, I do believe they have the transfer quarterback from Arkansas. I believe it's, I forget his name. I think it's John Wasink, whatever it is, man, whatever his name is. um, I know he's been pretty decent for them, throwing for about 3,000 yards this season. Um, I think Western Kentucky wins this one in a close one, though. It could end up being a two, three touchdown win in reality if if they play their cards right. Uh, but with that being said, Western Kentucky takes that one. Keeping it moving, we've got Mississippi State taking on Louisville in the Mortgage Music City Bowl. Mississippi State, Louisville. This, this is a tough one. Very tough one. Um, both. This is kind of an even matchup, in my opinion. Louisville, a team that is is getting better. They've got speed, definitely got athletes. Uh, their quarterback, Mikhail Cunningham, he's another guy. He has the potential. He just hasn't been able to play consistently throughout the season. Uh, Mississippi State, on the other hand, been rotating to through different quarterbacks, pretty much play the same system. Um, both teams, though, they do like to run their quarterbacks a, a decent amount. I'm going to have to go with Mississippi State in this one. I just think they have the better athletes on defense. I think their defense will make more plays. Um, And for that reason, I think Mississippi State takes this one in a close game. Probably a high-scoring affair. Moving along, we've got the Red Box Bowl. California taking on Illinois. California. Crazy, right? They started off the season undefeated. I believe it was 6-0. And ended the season 7-5. and five. I understand the quarterback went down with an injury. Uh, but that defense slowly crumbled as the season moved along. Uh, they'll be taking on Illinois 6-6. Six and six. And right off the bat, I just think Illinois is playing better football right now. Simply. Uh, on both sides of the ball, defense and offense. I think Illinois edges this one out. And really carries this win into next season. Um, yeah, Illinois. Red box bowl. All right, let's keep it moving on to the next. We've got the Belk Bowl, Virginia Tech taking on Kentucky. Both teams playing pretty decent football down the stretch. Um, This is a tough call. ACC versus SEC. Uh, Kentucky's gone through a lot of adversity this season with a lot of injuries and just a a whole stuff, a whole bunch of stuff going on down in Kentucky. Uh, Virginia Tech haven't really had their best season, but like I said, they have played well down the stretch. I am going to give Kentucky the edge in this one. Um, really, this game could go either way with the, with the way both of these teams have uh, played this season. But I will give the edge to Kentucky, Belk Bowl. Keeping it moving, we've got the Sun Bowl, Florida State taking on Arizona State. Uh, Florida State, really tough to call this one. Um, I am going to have to go with Arizona State, though. Jaden Daniels, I just love the way he's played throughout the season, the way he's playing late. And some of the skilled players that they have on that offense, uh, Cam Akers, Jaden Daniels, some of their wide receivers who have been phenomenal, not only in the pass game, but as well as in special teams. Florida State, on the other hand, they have the they have the athletes, right? Um, and they have played better. They've played better down the stretch, but we still haven't seen them play their best game of the year. Um, it's just tough to you know pick Florida State because of the type of team that they've been this season and how inconsistent they have continued to be um so for that and many other reasons i just think arizona state is playing better florida state has the better athletes but they're not playing up to the potential give me arizona state 
Next, we've got the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Navy taking on Kansas State. This is going to be a great game. Really nearly identical as far as what they like to do. They like to run the ball, play defense. We've got Navy, triple option attack. Kansas State, who's going to line you up and run the ball. Um, could be a low-scoring game with the amount of clock they're going to be eating up, but should be a fun one to watch. I am going to lean towards Navy on this one. That military mindset, man. Improvise, adapt, overcome. Um, I, th- I think they're, uh, they're going to be able to pull this one out. Should be a fun one, like I said, regardless of the outcome. Moving on, we've got Wyoming taking on Georgia State. This is the Arizona Bowl. And so really kind of the battle of the opposites. Wyoming, a very good defensive team. Georgia State, not a very good defensive team. Offensively, while they've shown the potential to play very well on offense, it hasn't been a consistent uh, thing that we've seen from them on a week-to-week basis. Um, And for that reason, man, just the way their defense hasn't played, I'm going to have to give the edge to Wyoming. I just think they're going to have more opportunities to put the ball in the end zone. And for that reason... Wyoming wins the Arizona Bowl. Keeping it moving, we got Utah taking on Texas in the Valero Alamo Bowl. Utah, 11th in the college football playoff rankings, 11-2, Texas 7-5. We know the story with Texas, a lot of injuries. Defense is nearly non-existent in the later half of the season. Utah, on the other hand, which defense is their calling card, right? Some of the best players in the country on that uh, line of the scrimmage, defensive side of the line of scrimmage. Um, but offensively, I do I do like them offensively, right? Zach Moss in the backfield, who's a phenomenal running back. He's going to get yards after contact, and he typically doesn't go down, uh, you know, by the first the first defender. And then you've got Tyler Huntley, quarterback. While he, you know, he is a game manager, he isn't a guy that makes a lot of mistakes. He did throw two interceptions versus Oregon, but it was really just out of his characteristics to throw those types of passes up. Um, so I think both guys are going to show up in this game. I think we're going to get the performance uh, that we should have saw Utah give versus Oregon in this game versus Texas. I think Utah wins this by potentially two to three touchdowns, trying to make a statement, uh, et cetera, et cetera. With that, we're moving along. We've got the Outback Bowl, Minnesota versus Auburn. I like this game a lot. I do think uh, Minnesota has the potential to win this game. I just think Auburn's going to be too dominant at the line of scrimmage. They're just too disruptive, right? They're going to they're gonna get pressure to the quarterback, which is going to disrupt the timing between him and his wide receivers, the timing of the routes. Um, the running game isn't going to be able to get going on a consistent basis. And Auburn, I, I just think that defense is going to show up in a big way. And while Minnesota's defense has shown a potential to play pretty good, we haven't really seen them play at a high level throughout the season. Yeah, we saw them play against Penn State, but really Penn State, uh, Sean Clifford just threw them some ill-advised interceptions. And while Bo Nix is the type of quarterback that has shown that he might do that sometimes, I don't think we'll see that from him in this game. I think Auburn's going to lean on the run game very heavily. I think Auburn wins this in a close one. Low scoring, probably something like 21-10, to 21-17, to 17, something like that. Uh, but I do give Auburn the edge in this one. Next up, we got the Citrus Bowl. Alabama taking on Michigan. I just... Right off the bat, I'm going to have to go with Alabama, right? While Michigan has played better down the stretch, I just don't think Michigan's defense is built to defend an air raid type attack like Alabama brings to the table, even without Tua running the show. Um, They just play a lot of man-to-man, which isn't good for the type of skill position players are going to be going up against. Devonta Smith, 
um, Jerry Judy. Uh, I don't know if Ruggs is playing, but if he isn't, Waddle is going to be in. And if Waddle isn't in, um, they've got the other guy. I can't remember his name right now. Mechie, right? Mechie. Mechie's another dude who's a beast. So even if they put the young guys in, they've got the talent at the skill positions. Michigan on offense, uh, they do have some phenomenal guys at the wide receiver positions, big time physicality type wide receivers, possession type wide receivers. They're going to go up and win jump balls. Um, And we'll see if um, Shea Patterson has that type of time in the pocket to sit there and try and dart up Alabama because the Bama defense hasn't really shown to play uh, very good throughout the season either so this could end up being a pretty decent scoring game uh, but I do think Alabama wins it at the end of the day moving along we have January 2nd we got a few more bowl games the Birmingham Bowl which is Boston College versus Cincinnati I'm gonna go with Cincinnati right off the bat I just think Desmond uh, Ritter is is much better than any of the quarterbacks on Boston College's team. I understand Boston College has A.J. Dillon, but that makes him very one-dimensional. Cincinnati's going to stack the box, force Boston College to really take a below-average quarterback and try and beat this defense um, in, in a way that they don't typically win games. And so for that and many other reasons, I think Cincinnati is just a better team in this one. I think Cincinnati wins this one by a touchdown or two. On to the next. We're almost done. We're down on the last stretch. We've got the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Indiana taking on Tennessee. Indiana, a surprise team in the Big Ten this season. Offensively, they've played very well. Defensively, they've kind of been giving up a lot of points. Tennessee dealing with a lot of injuries throughout this season, but a very good, t- a very good team with a lot of potential um, going into next year. I just get the feeling that Tennessee is playing for more in this game. Um, I do like uh, Indiana's head coach. He he is getting them fired up to play this game. So I think this is going to be a great game regardless of the outcome. But right now at this time, I'm definitely leaning towards Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins the Gator Bowl and finishes the season 8-5. and five. Now, Friday, January 3rd, we've got the Idaho Potato Bowl. We've got Ohio taking on Nevada. Both teams, really, I haven't had the chance to watch a lot of their football. Um, Nevada is favored by, uh, Ohio is favored by seven and a half. Uh, I am familiar with the quarterback, Nathan Rourke. And Nevada, on the other hand, while they started off the season pretty strong with a win over Purdue, they kind of went straight downhill after that. Um, I'm going to have to go with Ohio on this one. Uh, I just think Nathan Rourke is probably the better quarterback in this game. And when in doubt, go with the favorite. All right, moving along, we've got Southern Miss taking on Tulane January 4th, Saturday. Uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. I like Southern Miss in this one. Tulane is favored by a touchdown, but I just think Southern Miss has the potential to make more plays on the defensive side of the ball, while Tulane, on the other hand, they have not been consistent at all on defense offensively they've they've made a lot of plays their quarterback's been phenomenal justin mcmillan who's also a big time dual threat quarterback who's uh gone for 704 yards and 12 touchdowns running the ball and so i think this is gonna be a fun game to watch Um, but right now i've got southern miss pick to win this one that is the armed forces bowl and the last bowl uh before the college football playoff finale we've got louisiana university of louisiana lafayette 10-3, 10-3, taking on Miami, Ohio, 8-5. And, and uh, this this could be a low-scoring game, right? Miami, Ohio's defense has played very well throughout the season. Uh, same with Louisiana Lafayette. I just think Louisiana Lafayette brings a lot more offense to the table. Dual-threat quarterback and Levi Lewis. 
um, as well as a phenomenal running back in Elijah Mitchell. They're just making a lot more plays on offense, and I think they have the potential to uh, put up more points on the board. Miami, Ohio, like I said, their defense has played very well. Offensively, it's just not really something that's been uh, existent, honestly. Um, So we'll see what happens. I think Louisiana Lafayette wins this one pretty comfortably, and then we'll have the college football playoff finale. With that being said, those are all the bowl games. Holy crap, that was a lot of bowl games to go over. Uh, But like I said, I would would not decide to go over those in depth because there just really is no good reason to do it. Um, Other than that, like I said, I will be covering the New York Six Bowls separately, right? I'll be covering those separately just because for the most part, from what I know, most of the most of the high profile players in those games will be playing in those games. So I think they're going to bring their best. We're going to have great games, but we'll see if any of them decide to change their minds and they don't end up playing in those matchups. It is what it is. But I'll be getting all those matchups, the New York Six Bowls, as well as the College Football Playoff semifinals out later on this week. With all that said, I appreciate you guys for listening. And if you listen to the end, you're crazy, but you're amazing. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the follow. All that good stuff. Like, comment, and subscribe. All of your opinions and whatnot. I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. This is Just Another Critic signing off. Peace. His light shine the brightest in the dark. Single mothers know.